My name is Todd Genitasio, founder of Tresnik Media, and if you want to learn to define your best life and have the courage to live it, you should be listening to the More Than Corporate Podcast with my good friend, Amber Furman. Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast, where we discuss finding fulfillment, defining success, and living your best life. There's no roadmap to success, no one-size-fits-all answer to fulfillment. I believe it requires us all to be vulnerable and authentic about what we want to accomplish and have the courage to step out of our comfort zone to chase our dreams. Keep listening to hear stories from inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I am so excited to be here with Todd Genitasio. We are at the PodMax event and like I talk about this event so much, but I love the connections that I get to make and I'm so excited to dig into this interview with Todd. Todd is a veteran marketing expert who's been featured by Entrepreneur, Forbes, and Huffington Post for his proven system to grow brands, generate leads, and increase sales in our constantly evolving digital world. His combination of fundamental principles and modern marketing strategies are what create a force multiplier for businesses. He is certified in sales and marketing from digitalmarketer.com, HubSpot, and the Jordan Belfort Straight Line Sales and Persuasion System. He has been featured as a speaker at Propelify Innovation Festival, presenting to a combined audience of over 24,000 attendees. Todd has been working in digital communications and marketing since 2003. Over that time, he's worked with some of the biggest companies in the world from Universal Records to BASF and with growing startups and small businesses. He is currently the founder of Trendsic Media and co-founder CMO of Ziotag. I'm super excited to dig into this interview with Todd. Really quickly, before we jump into this, this episode is brought to you by Success Development Solutions and the Define Your Life Mastermind. If you or someone you know has ever said the words, I'll be happy when, I just need to keep, insert whatever you think is going to make you happy here, losing weight, working hard, building my career, and then I'll be happy. If you've ever felt like you've done everything you're supposed to do, yet life isn't turning out the way you expected. If it seems like something is missing despite others telling you how successful you are, then the Define Your Life Mastermind is for you. The most powerful question anybody ever asked me is, what does success mean to you? And as I've explored this topic on my podcast and with my coaching clients, it's become clear that most people don't ask and answer this question enough. The Define Your Life Mastermind is designed to help you get clear on what success means, what a well-rounded life looks like, and what your best life feels like. Once you know that, you can build a business that fits into the life that you want and surround yourself with people who give you the courage to step out of your comfort zone to live this vision. If this sounds like something that you or someone you know needs in their life, head over to defineyourlife.morethancorporate.com for more information and to schedule a call to see if we're a good fit to work together. I'm super excited to connect with you and help you reach your goals. With that being said, let's dig into this interview with Todd. Todd, thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. Um, you know, your show really aligns with kind of how my journey started and with like the kind of people that I love helping. And so, you know, I'm really honored and grateful to be a guest here and, and grateful to the PodMax team for hooking us up as a pair. 
Yeah, they do such a fantastic job with connections. Like I'm always blown away because I always get such great interviews and usually ends up turning into follow-up interviews because, you know, we have a limited time here and there's just so much more I want to get into. (laughs) Um, Let's go back a little bit. One of my favorite questions to start off with and to ask people is, um, I think, I think it's so interesting to think of what you thought your life was going to look like when you were kind of (laughs) planning your stuff out high school age. Like we all had this idea of what life was going to be. Um, and it's normally nothing like what it is. So for you, what did you want to be when you grew up? What was that vision you had? Man, you know, going back, like, I don't, I never really knew exactly. I always went through like every year was something different, whatever I was kind of playing with at the time. Right. Like, um, I, I randomly ended up being a correspondent on a TV show when I was in high school. And so that, (laughs) so like there was a time where I was like, I wanted to be a TV host when I grew up. Like, that's what I kind of thought. And so I went to, I went to college for communications. And so in like the first semester I took, there was like a journalism or course or something along those lines. And so that summer I got a job freelancing for a local newspaper and I was like, Oh, I want to be a writer. And then, that the newspaper said, well, we need someone who can take pictures at the stuff you're going to cover. So then, I'll, then I took a photography class and wanted to be a photographer. And then at, this was in like the early 2000s. So I, one part of communications was taking a 3d design course. Cause that was like brand new at the time and took one of those. And I was like, Oh, I want to work at Pixar and do this stuff. Right. And so my last semester, I ended up in web design classes and getting my certification in web design, which led me to then when I graduated, that was like the next step was, okay, I guess web design is the job that I'm looking for. And that's where I started working. I worked for a few months freelancing at Universal Records and then ended up at BASF, giant corporate behemoth, um, which we can kind of get into to that whole transition period. But so one, I was always kind of like trying to figure out what was next and never really had that one, like I didn't say like, oh, you know, there was one specific thing I wanted to be. I just knew it always was, I never felt right in a nine to five situation or, and I know this sounds terrible, but like, or like the obligation of being somewhere specifically all the time. Like um, even growing up, I played all sports and everything like that. But when I played football, it was like every day after school was from whatever three thirty to to five or whatever the time was, and I was like, man, I'm like, I don't think I'm gonna last in this more. And I played for like two years or something, and I was like, I just didn't want to have to be somewhere every day for this period of time, right? And so those kind of things, like always in inside, and remember going back, entrepreneurship today is totally different in the yes. world. It didn't exist in the '90s and and early 2000s like it does today, and so. I always knew it was something different, right? But, you know, I graduated school, got a corporate job for, you know, the usual reasons. My dad wanted me to. I didn't really know, like, you know, back then it wasn't like a clear path, like, oh, you can start a business and do something. And and not that when you're 18 or when you're 21, that's probably not what you should do anyway. But, <laughs> you know, it, it just you know, you graduate college, you do this and you get into, into the rut. Right. And then it's just a matter of like, how long do you stay in that rut for (laughs) before you pop your head up? You know, I gave it a shot and it was okay. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't, it never felt right. Like I always knew there had to be something else for me to do with my life where, you know, 
working in a corporate gig, like in a huge, huge company, um, you do stuff and it goes out into a black hole and you wonder, did it, did this help anyone? Did it help the business at all? Like, you know, you, you don't know the impact that you're having, right? Like my stuff went to my, you know, the business manager that I was working with, who then worked with the business manager of the other department, who then passed it along to the VP of the next department, who then sent it out to the division over here, which then went, you know, and who, who knows if anything I did ever mattered, right? I didn't like that, you know? And <laughs> so time came and we can get into that story. Um, but I love now working one in my own business and my own startups and with clients who, when you do something, it makes an impact, right? Like when I put my foot on the pedal, the car is going to go. Like I love having that control myself and I love having that impact and giving that control to other people. And so, you know, that it just never, you know, circling back to the question, like, what did I want to be when I grew up? I didn't know. I didn't have my finger on exactly what it was, but I knew there just wasn't something right about this. Go sit in a cubicle from nine to five and then, and then leave. Um, it just, that never settled well, even when things were okay. It just never felt like it was for me. Yeah, I I love that. And I'm I'm giggling a little bit because um it's like you were reading my mind because I wrote <laughs> down when you were talking about um not feeling right in a nine to five situation in your football story of like I just don't want to be told where to be every single day. <laughs> I wrote down control, like being yeah. able to take control of of what your day is. And and I tell people this all the time. I work more as an entrepreneur than I have ever worked yep. ever in For my sure. life. For sure. But I get to decide when that is. And so my friends and family, they're like, are you ever not working? And I'm like, I'm not working when I don't want to work. Yeah. And then I'm working all the rest of the time. Like, yeah. And and also you're doing stuff that you enjoy doing, you know, like, you know, my, my dad who actually just um, got a great retirement package, but he's been in corp, he's been in corporate his whole life, same company since before I was born, like couldn't be more corporate guy. And to him, if he's got to work on the weekends or at night, that really sucks because his job is his job. But I actually love the stuff I do. So like my, and my wife has, she's a teacher, but she has an online business too. And she loves doing that kind of stuff. And so like when we put the kids to bed, like at night, like we both take out our laptops when we're hanging, like our hanging out is being on our laptops because we love doing that stuff. Like we like to, you know, be creating and, and, and helping and whatever. So like, you know, it is, yeah, way more work, but it's also stuff that you like to do. You get to choose to do it, you know? Yeah, I, and it's so interesting that you said that because I grew up in the restaurant industry. My grandma owned a restaurant, and then I worked my way through school um, serving and bartending, and then I yeah. bartended through law school. And I love the restaurant industry. I love everything about it. And there's been many times that I've thought about getting back into it. And then I think, man, I refuse to give up my nights and weekends for anybody. And then I realized that I don't have my night, like my nights and weekends I spend working (laughs) now anyways, but it's mine, right? It's my work. Like if I wake up and say, you know what? Like, I just can't do everything that's on my calendar today. Like, actually, none of it's getting done. (laughs) Instead, it's going to be a Netflix and chill kind of day, and I'm going to eat a pint of ice cream, and that's okay. Then then that happens. Like, I don't have anybody else to answer to, and then you just fill up that time somewhere else. And I think that that's where that control thing comes in. 
Like we are all human nature is to fight for that control. Like we all want it so much. And then we give it away in the biggest part of our life, which is our career. And I just, it's so crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's always, once it gets started, you know, I have friends who ended up in, not that they're entrepreneurs now, but they were in the wrong career, but it was after my next bonus. Yeah. After I use this next, this, the banked up vacation days or, you know, like what it's always after the next, after the next, but then, you know, you five years go by, you know, and yeah. I literally like my, my best friend, he ended up quitting his job uh, in corp in, in finance and investing and went to Africa for a month. Like he straight up Dave Chappelle did. Like he <laughs> just said, like I he just broke. Like he's just like I can't do this anymore. And he quit. And he's married too. Like he let he he didn't leave his wife, but he, his wife stayed home in New Jersey. And he went and lived in Africa at like a, a rehabilitation center for lions. And he like helped <laughs> rehabilitate injured lions for a month, and then came back and like got a you know a more lifestyle. Um, type of job, whatever that he, that he really likes now. And he's having a good time, which is great. But like, it was just like, we graduated college. He got a great job, was making good money next at, dude. I can't take it after, after February's bonus. Like I'm out February comes. I'm like, Hey, you write that resignation letter yet? Like, <laughs> well, no, I'm working. This project goes on until April. So when this project's done in April, then it, and then that goes on. And then it's like, well, the bonus is almost here again. Then it just is, it's a hamster wheel, you know, it's, it's, that's the rat race. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is. And you know, there's a couple of things that are so important about what you said. And, and number one is like that comfort level that we get, yeah. right? Yep. Because, and, and what pushed me into the entrepreneurial space was personal firsthand experiences with how um, false that comfort level is. Like, thinking and COVID is a perfect example of that, yep, right? Yep, like, yep, exactly. and this was pre COVID, this was 2000 and what, 17, um, when I kind of pushed myself into the entrepreneurial space. And it was like, something had taken away my belief that I was getting a paycheck every single two weeks, no matter what mm-hmm. happened. And so I think that people get so comfortable with this idea that they are safer working for someone else yeah. Without realizing that, again, going back to the control, control like you have yep. no control over what that business is doing, where that business yep. is spending their money and whether they're going to be able to pay you. Yeah. So like that really comes to mind because people think, like you said, the bonus, you know, all of this is coming next. Um, and you kind of get in that comfort zone of living a certain lifestyle and you wonder whether you'll be able to keep that up somewhere else. Um, one of the craziest memes I ever saw. And like memes are the best and worst thing on the planet (laughs) because you're like, I should not be taking inspiration from whoever wrote this. I have no idea who it was, but that hits me right in the field. And one of it said, don't give your peace up because chaos is comfortable. Like that to me is what this is about. Like you're unhappy, you're unfulfilled, but it's comfortable to you. Yeah. And then you leave and you get into this entrepreneur space and you feel this weight lifted off your shoulders and you feel this peace, but it's so uncomfortable that you push it away. Yeah. Yeah. And look, it's scary. Any kind of change is scary. You You don't know what's on the other side of it, but don't get me wrong. It was, it was scary. And I was also foolish after I quit my job with my, I, you know, pissed my money away very quickly, (laughs) foolishly and, and whatever. But it also was like, like I said, like, you know, I had this feeling inside where 
it didn't feel comfortable anymore. Like what, when you wake up, when you get pulled out of the matrix yep. and you, you know, and you realize like what you, like what you just explained or, and like even in a huge corporation where like you may think you have job security, you may not, but it just doesn't feel like you, when you realize, Oh my God, I'm not comfortable. I've become comfortable in this thing. I hate. Yeah. Uh, Oh, it, it jars you. Right. And so it's almost an, it's, it's an, it's somewhat of an identity shift. Maybe, uh, maybe that's not the right word exactly, but when the discomfort, when you, when you recognize the situation in your in your cubicle is not what you had been sleepwalking through. Yeah. You realize that the discomfort shifts and all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, this is not comfortable. I need to move out of here. Right. And cause that's the only time people change is when you're, when, when you're, in, when you're in pain or when you're in discomfort, you know, that's when you're going to move. And, and that was kind of the awakening for me. And that's, you know, there's never a great time to en- take any kind of leap situation. Right. But for me, I worked in a big corporation and the way that you climb the ranks there was, you would go, they would move you around to a different job, different, different division, whatever. And like, ultimately they're a German company. So like, ultimately, if you really wanted to be someone high up, you would have to go and live in Germany for at least a year and work there. And so I reached that point in my mid twenties where it was like next step time. And they flew me down to North, I'm in New Jersey. They flew me down to North Carolina and they offered me a job down in the agriculture division down there running the interactive communications there. And one, if you move from New Jersey to North Carolina, you don't need a promotion to make a ton more money. <laughs> like the cost of living is absurd, right? Like it, <laughs> it's a joke. And, um, you know, I could have for cheaper than I was paying rent that I was splitting with my friends could have bought a brand new three bedroom condo in like the, in like the cool part of town down there. And, um, and so, you know, they offered me a job to move down there, cover all my moving expenses. It would be a promotion. It would be a big raise. I was, I was in my mid twenties. I was, I didn't have a girlfriend at the time, obviously no kids yet. And my friends, my family, my colleagues all were like, wow, this is, if there ever was a perfect time for you to make a move across the country kind of thing. Um, this is like, this is it. You, you know, you're all the reasons I just explained. And it, it did line up because it was internal. It did line up with the launch of a huge project we were working on at the time. And so it was like, man, this is going to be great. You'll you wrap up that project and you can take this and transition. And I sat on that and marinated. And the answer was obvious to me that they were all right. This is the perfect time for me to make a career transition. And then the shocker came to everyone when <laughs> instead of accepting the position, I handed in my two week notice. <laughs> and, um, and it was really exciting. I was lucky too, that my, my boss at the time was, he was, he was already married and had kids that were 10, 12 years old. So he was stuck, right? Like, and he knew yeah. he was stuck and, and, but so we launched this huge project my boss and my boss's boss are sitting at my desk and it was funny. So it was the, the new, the new website for us. We launched this site. We've been working on it for months and months, but on my desk in the, in the manila folder next to my desk where everyone's sitting was my resignation letter. And so we hit go live on my computer. It goes up, cheers, everybody. And what everyone goes back and settles down. 
So then I wait like 10 minutes and I tap my boss. I say, Hey, you got a minute? Let's go chat. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And you know, he got, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no problem. Gets up and he, and then he, he, lo- he looks down and sees the folder in my hand. He goes, uh Oh, <laughs> he goes, is this good or bad? I said, well, it depends on your perspective. So we go and we sit down in, in like one of the private little conference rooms. And I said, he's sitting there smiling at me. And I say, um, well, you know, first of all, I just want to say thank you for, and he just starts cracking up loud. He can't, you know, he knows what's coming. He's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Where, you know, where, where are you going? Where, you know, where are you going to work? And I said, uh, actually, I'm going to start my own company. And then he just really exploded with it. I, oh, I'm so, this is amazing, you know. So I was really lucky and fortunate to have that as my experience um, in transitioning out to have it be very positive like that. Um, so that was cool. But, you know, there's the, those times where it's like next bonus, next time, like you just have to get to the point where like, okay, this is it. This is the date. Like write up that letter, put the date on it, print it out, like make it real, um, you know, and worst case scenario for anybody who's in the situation where you feel like this is too scary, like I can't do it, like then just get, if, if it doesn't work out, go get another job. Like, yeah. you know, like that's, it, it's, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. If it doesn't work out. Um, but at least you can say you got the experience of it and you get the taste. And trust me, once you get the taste, you're going to earn, you'll, you'll earn to keep the life. Um, once you get it, if it, if it's for you, you know, but, um, it's, it's definitely, like I said, once you realize this is not the comfort I want. And the, there is no perfect time. There's just as perfect as it's going to get. That's what you have to do. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, what you just said um, resonates so much because I was, um, I was that person that was like, okay, I'm so unhappy, but the bonuses, like I was getting quarterly bonuses and I was like, man, like, if it wasn't for these bonuses, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> and then, um, you know, shit kind of started to hit the fan. And I remember saying to somebody like, okay, I'm done. Like, I'm going to quit practicing law. I'm going to go back to bartending. I'm going to reevaluate my life. It takes those people like your boss that's yeah. so excited for you yeah. to like give you the belief you can do it. Because I found a connection. It was so crazy. A friend of mine met an attorney at a poker game and they were looking for an immigration attorney to rent office space for them. And so he's like, Hey, call this attorney. I think he's looking for an associate. So I called and I get this person on the phone and the words that come out of my mouth are, you know, I'm really interested in talking to you, but I'm not interested in working for anybody else. And I'm hearing these words come out of my mouth and I'm saying like, what are you like? Stop talking. Like, just stop, like stop. And um, <laughs> he's like, cause cause I've never been an entrepreneur before. And he's yeah. like, well, that's good. Cause we're not looking to hire anybody, but we're looking to rent office space. And they became such good mentors to me. And I was like, I just that's don't great. know if I'm going to do it. And I said, I think I'm going to go back to bartending. And they said, what do you have to lose? Like, if you try to do this and it fails, then you're in the same position that you're in now because you know you're not staying where you're at. So give it a shot. And then he said to me the biggest piece of advice, which was, you will be shocked how little you have to work to make what somebody else is willing to pay you. Yeah. And that to that's me true. was that's so huge. True. Like, yeah, that's so true. If you only want to make a status quo, 
if money's your issue, you can find something that you yeah. can do so much little time and yeah. keep all of that money. And but it's it amazing. Ha- yeah. And no, it, it's amazing. Cause think about like when you're in a corporate job and you go to the office, you clock in, you do this, you do that all day. And then you get your check. Well, in reality, how much time did you spend creating the outcomes needed? And so when you switch out of that, where like you get paid just to get it done, all of a sudden you're like, wow, the three hours I was bullshitting in the office. Now I get to grab some ice cream and watch Netflix. Yes. Right. Like, and so you realize like how, um, how under uh, underperforming is maybe not the right word, but like, there's just so much filler in these scenarios where like, you go and make a cup of coffee in the kitchen and Dan comes in and then you start talking about, and maybe you're even talking about work stuff, but like you just talk for 20 minutes. Well, all those 15, 20 minutes, they add up. And all of a sudden, like, you know, your 40 hour work week in an office is you're really only working like 17 hours. And then all of a sudden when you're home and someone pays you that same amount, but you don't need to give them 40 hours, all of a sudden it's like, whoa. Yeah. This is amazing. Well, and then you learn, like, and I think this is the most powerful thing is like, you know, I, we talk to people all the time and, and, and you're, you do so much marketing stuff that I know you'll resonate with this, that, um, you try to pull out with people. Okay. What are your strengths? What are you good at? Like, what can we talk about? And they can't answer that question because the job that they're in doesn't require them to do that. And so I have a really good friend of mine who makes merchandise and she does it as a side hustle. And now she's thinking about leaving the legal field. And she's like, but I don't know what I would do. And I was like, what do you mean you don't know what you would do? I pay (laughs) you every month to give me crap for my business. And she's like, yeah, but I just do that for fun. It's not a business. And I'm like the (laughs) mental blocks that people have that prevent them from seeing all the ways that they could survive is insane. And so I kind of want to ask you, um, and this is a little bit more towards what you do than your story, but how do you work with people to pull that out? Because as you're working with them in the marketing, in the marketing world, that's such an important part because we know that people don't buy what you have. They buy who you are. So if you can't show a piece of you to the people, there's 9 million other people that do exactly what you do. So how do you help people pull that out for the purposes of what they're focusing on? So we got, I got a couple tricks up my sleeves over the years, right? But um, I love what you just said. And that's exactly um, who I love working with is directly with entrepreneurs and, and small bi- growing small business owners, because it's about their personality and authenticity that they can share, right? And that's, that's how we help our clients make a difference is that it's not a cookie cutter marketing strategy where any any immigration attorney can hire us and we'll and blueprint and it's all canned out. And I, I do find that like accounting industry, uh, legal services, there's actually these quote unquote marketing companies who will give you the same exact campaigns, same image, same text, everything. And they just, and, and there's hundreds or thousands of different attorneys who hire these people and accountants who hire these people. And that drives me nuts. I can't <laughs> take it. Right. So like what I, what I want to see everyone do is, share their story, share their, like share their expertise that they're passionate about. And that's also why I love PodMax and guesting on shows and doing my own video series, because it allows you to have these conversations and show off your personality. And that's what resonates with people like the same, you know, a a lot of people know the same marketing tactics as I do. A lot of, a lot of people know the same legal things that you know, but 
when you want to attract clients that you're going to love working with, like it's about having that, having the personalities resonate with each other and how are you going to connect and really like enjoy being together and collaborating. And so how I help other entrepreneurs do that for their marketing, where we've really transitioned as an agency in the last year is going away from hire us and we will write your blog posts or we will create your video content or we will do whatever, where now we are only working with clients where we can collaborate with them to create their content. And one of the first tricks that I picked up on this uh, years ago was when blogging was really big. This is in like 2014-ish, right? And our approach is always to publish content. Marketing should be helpful, not hypey. And that's how people will find you on Google, social. People want to share your content. It'll attract more people to you, et cetera. And we're working with a client who was... Um, kind of, it, he wasn't retired, but he was approaching 60. And this was kind of his, he, he opened up his own gym and training center uh, for the first time. And now, you know, imagine someone in that demographic is not using the computer age wise and their business is in the gym. Like they're never on a computer. So they're not savvy to do this. And like, even if they wanted to type up an article, it would take them two full days to write 500 words, right? Like hunting and pecking on the keyboard and all that stuff. And that's when I discovered that this mental block of creating content, right? Like these entrepreneurs are experts. So I said, you know what? It's been a month. And I asked him to just to write up something on the topic we decided. And he, ha he hasn't gotten to it. And I don't blame him because he doesn't work on the computer at all, all day. He's very slow with it. It's frustrating experience. So I, so instead I forget exactly what the topic was something around like the different way that sugar impacts the, the, your body and how it produces, creates fat or something. I don't know, not my area of expertise at all, but it was something that it was important to his clients who are like, you know, high performing athletes. And so instead of telling, assigning him to write this article, I just sent him an email with a subject line that said like quick question about sugar. Hey, last week when we were talking, you mentioned how like sugar had some like weird thing I never heard of. And it like, you know, it, it helps you out in certain areas if you need to work out a certain way, but it's bad if you combine it with something else. What was that about? Well, guess what I get in a, a half hour later, I get a 500 word email from him breaking it all down exactly what it should be. Right. So when you start realizing that your marketing is just a conversation that you're having with your target audience, that mental block, when you knock that mental block down, it changes everything where it changes things from being something that piles up in your to-do list to just having coffee with someone you want to work with. And we do that same thing. Now today we do it with video. So now when we do our onboarding calls with clients and we go through, all right, tell me about like the problems that you solve for people and they go through and blah, blah, blah. And then we're done. And guess what? They don't even have to do anything. Cause I just edit the video that we just talked about and they had no problem with it. Right. It's just how, when you make that shift from, quote unquote, marketing stuff to having a conversation with your ideal audience, it changes everything and it makes it so much easier. And that's, that's why I say one of the programs that we offer, I like to say we help entrepreneurs attract clients with a system that feels like it's on autopilot because all you're doing is hopping on the webcam and having a cup of coffee. Like imagine you're having one-on-one -on -one with someone who's a, a potential customer of yours and you're answering their questions. That's all you're doing. We just make that happen at scale. 
Yeah. So I'm like sitting here forgetting that I'm actually hosting a podcast and just like taking in all of this content because <laughs> it's so freaking powerful. Um, but there's so many things that I love um, about what you said. And the biggest thing is the ability to pivot when you're working with your clients. Like cookie cutter approaches don't work in any business. Everybody's yeah. mind works differently. And yeah. I love what you talked about with being able to just say, okay, this isn't working let me just ask you this question. And then he yeah. sends back an answer. Like that's so amazing and innovative. And this is what's so important about, you know, picking who you're working with to make sure that they're able to right. pivot. Because yeah. I feel like everybody goes through different stages in their business where they're like, okay, I'm going to write marketing content. And then, um, oh, I'm too busy. I can't do that right now, but I have to answer a question. So right. let me just answer this question. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then I also think we get in our own head so much where we're like, okay, totally. this is marketing. Like yeah. this is going yep. on my website. So it's got a sound official and I can't right. say that. And yeah. so you take all that pressure off and it's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also understanding like the power of, like you said, the, the personality is what's going to make a difference. Um, and when you realize it's okay to be a person, that's the other thing that we help companies with is, is being more human, where the first thing I do on the checklist when we work with someone is stop sending your emails from info at your <laughs> and start sending them from Amber, right? Yeah. And that makes a huge difference. I mean, there's, you know, I have all the data on the performance and stuff, but the, the best part is that this approach to being human and pay and, and be showing your personality, it's easier to do. It's faster and it actually performs better, right? So like you're actually getting better results from your marketing when you do this and it's the easier way to go. And so once you can make that mental pivot to like, all right, I'm just going to have a conversation with my customers. And the, the way that I started doing it was, um, I would get an email from a client or a prospect and they'd ask me something about, um, you know, how can we get more people to, to share our Facebook post or something? Well, I could hit reply in, e in my email and write it out to them, which is what I used to do. Or I could open up a doc, write it out and publish that as a blog post on my website and then share it on my social media and send it out as an email to my full list. And so what? now, now instead of just answering what I, I love creating leverageable assets for businesses, right? And usually you hear that term when it comes to finances, but not marketing. But think about this. I would have spent a half hour, 50, whatever, 15 to 45 minutes replying to my, to my client's email. And that would have helped them tremendously. Or I spent that same exact amount of time but instead of just sending it privately to one person in an email, I published it on my website and then I shared it on social. So now all of my Facebook friends, all of my LinkedIn connections, all of my Twitter followers, you know, and look, I don't have hundreds of thousands. I have hundred, hundreds and thousands, not hundreds of thousands. But now all of a sudden they're seeing all that same thing and getting helpful information from me about Facebook marketing. And then, of course, when they start thinking about Facebook marketing, who are they going to come to? The person who shared some insightful stuff. And I just write it the same way I would have written the email. I write it as a conversation, right? Like I'm not making it any kind of formal thing. Like, sure, if you have to contribute to a, a, 
a formal publication and they have guidelines, yeah, you have to maybe do it there. But you're publishing your own content, doing your own marketing, do it in a conversational way. People are going to read it more. It's going to flow better in their head. They're going to actually listen and understand. And like, if you can weave in examples and stories, like stories are what's going to grip them instead of some just dry bullet list of something. Right. And so you went from having like a one-on-one -on -one email to something that's going to grow your business for years. Like if you publish this on your website, that lives there forever, right? Like I have, I have blog posts that I wrote in 2012 that people find on Google every single day right now. And so it, what would have been a private email now all of a sudden is a marketing asset for me that's been working for almost 10 years. Yeah, I kind of feel like I just need to put a check in the mail um, yeah. for our nice little coaching <laughs> session. Like anybody that's listening should just like write you a check right now. That's pure gold. And like, so my first interview that I did, I said mind blown when she said something and like, seriously, like you just blew up my idea of marketing. Like <laughs> it's completely changed. Like that's insane. Like seriously, so good. Let's shift gears just a little bit because I don't think yeah. there's anything else I can say on that topic that's better than <laughs> what you just said. Um, we're getting kind of close to the end of time and I could let I could talk to you forever about this stuff, yeah. but I do want to bring in a success element. So I'm Let's interested to know for you, what does success mean to you? And has that definition changed throughout your life? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's something that you don't really think about defining as a kid or when you grow up, right? It's kind of like a gray thing. You never articulate or crystallize. And then, you know, you get to a point where, like I said, you graduate college, success means getting a job that gives you a paycheck so you can get an apartment and do stuff. And that happens relatively quickly in most cases. And then you start thinking about, well, what is success now? Is it the next career move, which maybe it is for some people, or is it having control of my own life? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a weird balance of control and freedom, right? And so once you get that entrepreneurial itch and you taste it, that became what is success. And that was, okay, success for me from corporate was then I want to create, I want to control my own schedule and have the freedom to do what I want when I want. And I want to be able to have the control to have more impact on people with the work that I'm doing. And so that became success. And then that evolved to, okay, you get, now that's happening. Now success is, okay, how do I bring in enough clients that I can uh, make enough money to hire people? Then, it, then you hit that. And then, and then you get to a point where you're kind of relatively stable. And then you start thinking about, okay, well now success is living in alignment with my intention. And that's where I'm kind of at today is not letting, you know, to me, success is having that control and, and living intentionally where this is what I'm setting out to do on a big level and on, on a micro level where in the morning, I actually just made my buddy uh, at your daily bread on Instagram is great. If you like, if you like memes that will hit you in the feels, check them out. Um, but he, he posted something and it's, it was a two-part thing and it says, here's my list of the top three things I need to accomplish today. I'll start by doing 20 different things that have nothing to do with that list. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And so he ended up making that into a, a, a wallpaper for my phone for me because I told him, I was like, man, that hits me so hard. And so that to me is, is success, is living with intention and alignment with what you're setting out to do. And on, you know, it, that's a daily struggle for me. And I think a lot of people today with like, keeping up with your inbox and notifications. And if you're in the client services business, you do have to be available for clients. So how do you manage the, the client needs plus grow your own business plus live a life of freedom? And so 
for me right now, like that's kind of where I'm at is like, am I living intentionally and aligned with my big picture goals and what needs to happen on a daily basis? Like, am I doing things that move me towards that? And it's, it's the process that I look at as success. I love it. I love it. So as we start to wrap up, I'd love to kind of um, wrap things up with um, one piece of advice that you wish that you could get out to new entrepreneurs in the world. Like one thing that you wish new entrepreneurs knew. For new entrepreneurs, I wish they knew that they could just share their passionate expertise and that can be their marketing. Yes. Love that. That's it. You know, and, and look, whether you love marketing or hate it, if you don't have marketing, you don't get clients, you don't have a business. And so it is, if you want to call it a necessary evil or something you love to do, you know, I would love, I would love nothing more than people to change that mindset from necessary evil to something they love to do because all they're doing is talking about what they're passionate about. Oh, I love it. So if um, somebody wants to reach out to you concerning marketing, concerning um, anything that you're working on or just to connect, what's the best way for them to, to reach out to you? Yeah. Instagram at growth suite is a uh, easiest way to spell, or you can find me on Facebook is a good place to connect. Let me know. Um, my name's Todd Genitasio. We can put that in the show notes here and link to it. Um, but find me on there. Let me know that you heard me on Amber's show and I, I'd love to connect and chat on anything I can help you with. Awesome. Super excited to have you on the show. Before we finally wrap up, I'd love to do a quick random round. Let everybody get to know you a little bit. You okay with that? Let's do it. Yeah. All let's right. do it. If you could time travel, where would you go and why? Oh man, uh, to 2019 and save <laughs> and, and try to save everyone from this virus. Right? Or not um, make some horrible meme about how 2020 is your year of vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that aside, because that's the easy answer, I think I would probably go back um, to when I first started my journey and say, I think the most important thing is to be focused. There's a lot of things that can distract you, a lot of things that feel like they're important, but they're, they're not. Um, you know, do a good job, serve people and, um, stay focused on your main goal, you know, make them keep the main thing, the main thing. And, um, and I think that's, that's what I would probably do is go back and tell myself that make sure you remove the noise as much as you can try to be self-aware on things that are distractions versus gaining traction and focus there. Love it. Um, if you could do any profession other than what you're doing, what would you like to attempt? (sighs) Oh man. Um, any prof- I love what I do so much. You know, this is a hard question for entrepreneurs and it's, it, it's actually, it would be interesting to hear what other people's answers are because <laughs> technically if you don't answer with like what I'm doing now, well then go do it. You yeah. have the control to do it. Right. <laughs> um, me, it's, it's about, you know, coaching and, and teaching and helping people. So, um, I don't know if that would be in a T in a school, um, or in a different type of way, but definitely something where I'm teaching, helping and and helping other people grow. I think, you know, I I like the idea of maybe being like a high performance mindset coach. Like that's something that's always kind of tickled me a little bit. Um, So I think maybe that would be something I'd explore. Love it. Um, Content, when you're consuming content, are you a physical book reader or have you moved on to audiobooks? Um, I am physical book if and when I can. And even if I do get an audio book, I still buy the physical book because I like to have it in my hands, highlight it and stuff like that. But I do yeah. also always have my headphones in listening to podcasts or audio books at as fast as they will play. And um, 
consuming as much as possible. Yeah, you're so you're the second person to tell me that they listen to an audiobook and highlight a physical book at the same time. And I yeah. tried that and I was like, dude, this is amazing. Like, it's so <laughs> fantastic. Um, that's awesome. So yeah. resources. Do you have a book that you have recommended the most in the entrepreneurial space or a book that you would recommend? For sure. How to win friends and influence people is something I always, uh, always recommend oldie and goodie. I'm, I'm all about the old school fundamentals of everything, you know, um, how, how to win friends and influence people think and grow rich are two of the, the most recommended that I give. Yes. And then finally, my purely selfish question, I am a music nerd and I always have to know people's pump up songs. What do you listen to when you oh, just man. Need to, like switch your mood around? Okay. So, uh, this is very random and, and most like, if anyone has ever heard this before, let me know because it would be amazing. But I, um, I am very much or was very much into underground hip hop in the late 90s and early 2000s. Um, unfortunately, haven't kept up with that whole scene as I've become a, a, an adult and father. But <laughs> there was, a, there used to be a show called The Wake Up Show. And uh, it was in California and like, you like really had to search the internet back then to, to get a hold of it. And it was where, um, Sway and Tech started and they had uh, it's like an eight minute freestyle with dilated peoples Eminem and I think one other person and it's just every everybody passing the mic back and forth and just flow in with like a really great instrumental going and like if I need to turn things around like that's where I'll just like sit put my headphones on close my eyes and just like vibe with that. I love it. I love it. And what's so crazy about that is like seeing the amount of talent that people have because I look yeah. at them when they're like just doing that on the fly. Like I know, yeah. you know, yeah, people say Eminem and you think eight mile style, but those right. things yeah, exist yeah. all yeah. throughout the world and they're yeah. so freaking talented. I'm like, it yeah. takes me so much time to figure out what I'm going to say. And here <laughs> you are just like, it's so yeah. crazy. That's yeah, amazing. amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And one more time, what's the best place for people to reach out to you? Uh, best place that has everything, check out Todd That will link you to all my socials and websites and different companies I have. Perfect. Well, Todd, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation today. Yeah, me too. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. I hope that something that was said resonated with you or provided value to you in one way or another. I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on the show. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Amber Furman. Also, I've created a Facebook community for followers of the show to interact with me and other members of the community. You can find that on Facebook at More Than Corporate. So go ahead and join that group if you'd like to stay up to date on podcast happenings and meet some really cool people. Again, thanks so much for tuning in.